Welcome to Post Acute Care Saves the World. If you're a home health, hospice, or in home care provider, this podcast is for you. Tune in, get inspired, and together we can serve more seniors across the globe. So, are you ready to save the world? Getting non medical referrals? from medical referral sources. How do your medical referral sources think? And this is really the key to success here because they were trained in disease processes and deficits. They see limitations and support or lack thereof, and they only know home care based on their experience. Meaning I had one paragraph in one book during the four years that I was in college to become an occupational therapist that talked about Medicare certified home health. That's it. And most clinicians believe that they know what home care is. The problem with that is they don't. I think we all believe that medical referral sources could benefit from understanding the breadth and the depth of your service line. So they believe that all home care agencies are the same. So why should they meet with one more sales rep? And your job is to not only differentiate, but also to give them really good valid business reasons for seeing you. Let's talk about medical referral sources. So uh, one of my uh, big success points was that I am able to get medical referral sources to listen to me about in-home non-medical care. And the reason that I believe I've been so successful over the years is by speaking to them in their language, which is by diagnosis. So who is a medical referral source? Well, this whole list here would definitely have medical referral sources in them that could give you the, uh, the a client or patient. So here are just a few tips to remember when speaking with a clinician, a doctor, a nurse, a social worker, an MA. Remember they're their patients, not necessarily your patients yet or clients. Your job is to paint a picture of that potential referral source on how they move or how they behave. That's why diagnoses are so powerful. Success stories. How have you cared for other clients or patients who've had CHF, congestive heart failure, or COPD, or pick a diagnosis. Help them implement their treatment plan. They only get to see this patient for maybe 15 minutes at a doctor's office visit, or maybe just an hour a day in the clinic. How can you help them implement their treatment plan at home? And clinicians are great teachers. Ask if you don't know. You know, I had a, I, had, I was working with a sales rep a number of years ago and she came out of a sales call and she said to me, what is cabbage? And why, why would we treat cabbage? Isn't that a vegetable? Well, of course not. It was just an acronym for a cardiac procedure, but she didn't know. And that's okay. That's what Google is for. And that is absolutely what your clinicians are for. And so if you don't know, just ask them. Say, I'm unfamiliar with that um, acronym. Can you please share with me? Sure, most clinicians will be more than happy to share with you the information. And what is the major benefits of referring to home care? Well, of course we manage the disease process at home. We can reduce the need for urgent visits. 
through compensation techniques, we reduce the risk of falls, earlier intervention due to signs and symptom management. There's so much that we can do to help these patients. In hospice, why are some of my doctors referring patients with just a few days to live? You know, there's a lot of frustration that happens for the patient's family and for a patient themselves that dies when they're only on hospice for a couple days of service. So this is one of those areas that I feel I really have to speak to you about. When a patient does not have enough time to be on hospice services, they really have not had enough chance to get to the place where they're comfortable with the peace of dying. And that is the ultimate mission of hospice. It's to make sure that a patient can come to a point where they are ready to leave this world and do so supporting their friends and their family members and making sure that any of their last wishes are known, words that they wanted to say have been spoken and all the plans for their um, funeral as well as their legacy planning has been done. And the only way to get that done is by making sure that we take every single one of those patients who die very quick on services, use them as a teaching opportunity to go back and meet with the hospital discharge planners, with the patient's primary care docs or their nurse practitioners, and reviewing the case. Say, hey, you know, it's so sad. We only had Mrs. Jones on services for two days. You know, you guys have probably been taking care of her for a while. Tell me about Mrs. Jones. You know, when did she first become sick? How was she over the last year? How about the last six months? And then you could say, you know, I really wish that we would have gotten into services six months ago when whatever they just mentioned happened, because that would have probably been the perfect opportunity where we could have made such leaps and bounds and done some great legacy planning. Like one of the things we just did with a patient was we wrote letters because we knew that two of their grandchildren were getting married over the next two years and the grandmother wasn't going to be there for those weddings. We wrote letters to both of the brides so that she, they would feel that their grandmother's presence was there. Those are the type of things that we can do in hospice, really make a lot, long lasting impression and make somebody even be part of future events that are down the road. Um, if hospice can be involved early on. So it's a great opportunity whenever you have a patient that dies, I want you to very quickly grab that medical record, go to the physician's office, set an appointment to sit with him for 10, 15 minutes and go through the care plan. Look at what happened. You might want to involve your nurse leadership for this. And this way they can really identify and teach because when you expand that doctor or nurse practitioner's awareness, of when somebody should have been referred. You're also teaching them to use that patient's story as the vignette, as the reason that somebody else should be identified to be referred right now. And it's only your powerful storytelling that's going to help that patient, um, that future patient get referred sooner by you triggering a doctor's memory. And doctors have told us time and time again, they love the roadmap to referral because they love patient vignettes. Our hospice vignettes, even if they're not going to give you a referral today when the doctor reads a story about a patient who just has aspirated and now has pneumonia for the third time because they have a swallowing difficulty, even if that doesn't trigger a patient today, the story is going to stay with that physician that they're going to be able to trigger a future patient. 
So use your patience to teach. Use those quick deaths to expand knowledge. It's going to give you more referrals in the future and earlier patient referrals. I don't know how to get into the hospital. It's not my fault they don't want to work with us anymore. I've been seeing every doctor on my route, and they simply are not referring. I give up. Let's face it, hearing excuses from reps, even when they're valid, is a drag. You, like most owners we meet, need to be able to trust your marketers and liaisons to bring in referrals without feeling like you need to solve all their issues. The biggest problem is that most reps are approaching their referral sources without a strategy or, unfortunately, with a failed or weak strategy based on tactics that simply don't work anymore. There is good news though. You don't have to continue using failed tactics. With the Roadmap to Referrals, you'll be able to give your team a weekly strategy covering all 52 weeks of the year. They will gain tools to know how to talk about diagnosis, even if they're not clinical. A monthly video training that will give them the very words to say to drive referrals. And there's even voicemail and email scripts to ensure you can continue accessing referrals even when you're forced to do so from a distance. You started this business to serve seniors, to let them live happily in their homes. So let us help you do just that. Email mike at homecaresales.com with the subject line podcast to not only receive a quick start bonus, but also set up a quick consultation where our own Mike Mashuko will show you how the system will remove those excuses and boost that census. Again, email mike at homecaresales.com with the subject line podcast to unlock your bonus and put your company on the roadmap to referrals. Since COVID, I haven't been able to get into any of our assisted living facilities. Can you help? How do you get into assisted livings during this time? Well, whether it's COVID or not, one of the things that we recognize is that assisted livings are really struggling with cognition and their residents. So one of the things that you can offer whether you are a Medicare certified home health or an in-home care provider, is to talk about cognitive stimulation and cognitive therapy. What we learned during the time of COVID and the pandemic is that many of the assisted livings have isolated or did isolate their residents in their apartments. And we saw that many of those residents had a decline in their cognitive status. What we didn't see is a lot of agencies talking about that. So for the agencies that we worked with, we went on a big campaign about cognitive therapy for Medicare certified home health and cognitive stimulation for in-home care. And it worked. It worked like gangbusters. We know as, um, and as you guys know, I'm an OT. What I wanted to share with you is as an OT, I can perform cognitive therapy. Also, speech therapy has a cognitive therapy component too. So check with your clinicians first, understand who is comfortable performing uh, cognitive therapy with residents, and then go to your assisted livings and talk about that. Talk about what your OT can do for those residents. Same with your caregivers. 
all of your caregivers have been uh, trained in in-home care on how to engage a client and how to stimulate cognition through playing games or uh, reading them the newspaper, et cetera. Get them engaged in some type of cognitive activity. This is one of your keys to your success because there's not a lot of agencies talking about it. And we know when you engage those residents, their function becomes better, both mental and physical. We know they go hand in hand. So as a, uh, as a sales rep or marketer for your agency, do your homework first, look internally, make sure you have the skills set in internally before you go out and market it. But this could be a great, unique, competitive differentiator for you as you go through that process with your assisted livings and really deepen those relationships. It's going to be a win for you, for them, and the residents. Thanks so much for joining us today. That's why we continue to present some of these ideas in the Roadmap to Referrals. If you haven't heard of our program, Roadmap to Referrals, please do jump on Mike's calendar and he will give you a tour of the program and the system so that you can see exactly how it works and how you can presence each week a unique differentiator to really position your agency as the agency of choice for your best referral sources. Thanks so much for joining me and together we grow.